Hi, it's Hal Anderson. Thanks for checking out the daily podcast for my show, Connecting Winnipeg. And if you can, please listen live weekdays from 10 to noon on 680 CJOB. Dave Howard, founder of Homes for Heroes. Dave, good morning. Good morning. Thanks for having me Thank- on. Thank you for doing this. I really appreciate it. So tomorrow at City Hall, 510 Main Street, Planning, Property, and Development, we'll vote on the idea of selling, not giving, but selling your organization some land. Um, are you hopeful that the they'll say yes to this, at least at the committee level? Obviously, it's got to go to full council, but uh, are you hopeful? I'm hopeful. Um, i got to tell you that we've been working within the Winnipeg community for the last two and a half years. Uh, we're getting to the point that we're we're hopeful, but we're getting frustrated. Uh, look, we have a solution here to help veterans get off the street. We're not asking the city of Winnipeg to come up. We're we're look. We will pay for the build of this. We're financing this. We're running it. And at the end of the day, you know, getting uh, those that served off the street into a safe home is is the responsibility of all of us as Canadians. So I'm hopeful, but I'm concerned that uh, it's taken too long. And I understand your frustration. When we had a hard time getting a hold of you, I sort of made my feelings known on this. Other uh, cities, other jurisdictions are knocking on your door, rolling out the red carpet. I don't think we have treated you properly. You want to deal with a couple of hundred uh, war veterans that are on the streets of Winnipeg, homeless on the streets of Winnipeg. That's significant. Uh, and I, I know that you have even said, hey, if if, uh, if the program works, and you know it works from having done it elsewhere, uh, if it works, you're willing to help us with other homeless as well, right? Well, that's the thing. I mean, look, we've got a village operating in Calgary, and we've had successful graduation from that. We have a village opening in Edmonton. We have a village planned from Kingston. We're in Halifax. Uh, truly, there's a great need in Winnipeg. Um, there is an issue in regards to homelessness in the city of Winnipeg. We have a proven formula, and we're happy to work with uh, the city and any affordable housing to offer them some insight on, on how they might be able to duplicate our success. So, look, we want to be in Winnipeg. The people in Winnipeg are absolutely amazing. Uh, we have great support. We have businesses have already committed financially to this project. Uh, I guess the uh, next step is uh, to the city council. Why is this so? I don't understand why this is so difficult. I, I feel like uh, the status quo. Uh, there, there's a lot of good work happening. A lot of good people are, are you know, care and are doing their best. I don't think this is happening fast enough. We know this works. It's working in other cities. Uh, why are you running into roadblocks here? I don't get it. Yeah, you you got me. It's it's. I, I'm having a difficult time with it and what's happening here. I think that. Uh, and I think what the city needs to understand, and, and I hate to do this, but I'm going to do it for the sake of this conversation, is that the cost of somebody living on the street to a city and a province is over $80,000 a year. That cost, it is cheaper to house them and offer social support services than it is to have them on the street. City administrations need to get behind that concept and understand that, you know, they need to work with groups that are willing to come in and, and develop housing for, especially, I mean, for anyone, but our, our veterans. These are the people that stood on guard for the freedoms. These are the ones that gave us the opportunity to live our lives as we see fit. So I don't know why it's taken so long, uh, but we're at our wit's end. I've got to tell you, if this gets to a point uh, where they turn this down, 
uh, we're going to focus our efforts elsewhere. Yeah, which would just be a shame. Uh, I've, I've seen what you guys have done in Alberta and elsewhere, but I, I really studied the Alberta stuff closely, and you're changing lives. And, and, you know, we have a significant number of homeless vets here in Winnipeg, and and we've done this for other – we've given land to other organizations. You want to buy it. I, I just don't get it. I, I Man, I hope some of the counselors uh, are, are listening because this is an opportunity – that if we don't take advantage of what you want to help us do here, we're going to look back and, and regret this. You know, I, I probably talk more about homelessness on my show than any other radio host uh, in the province. And this is a, an issue that matters to me, and it should matter to all of us. And I, I wish you the best, Dave. I, I, I don't know what the deal is, but I, I hope it works out. Yeah, I think that people should know that. Look, the, the it's this pro. This is a full program. So this was done in research with over 200 veterans and what they wanted to see. This isn't just housing. This is full wraparound social support services. The idea of a veteran coming in, getting uh, a case plan uh, to fit their needs, getting them back on their feet, reintegrating, working full time, and then moving out into more permanent housing and becoming a mentor for the next tenant coming in. So there's a full cycle here, and it's developed by vets. They, didn't, they said, we don't want just to come into a home. We want to come into a home, get support, and move on. Hey, Dave, uh, thanks for coming on today. I wish you the best. Uh, quickly, give us the website so people can check this out for themselves. Yeah, it's uh, the letter H, the number 4, the letter H, the F.ca, H4HF.ca, and Thank you to everyone for your support, and uh, thank you for having me on today. Dave Howard, founder of Homes for Heroes, property, uh, planning property and development, uh, will vote on the idea of selling, not giving, selling land to this organization so they can help with a couple hundred homeless vets on the streets of Winnipeg. It's no, As far as I'm concerned, it is a no-brainer, but you heard the frustration there. Uh, from Dave Howard and and check out this organization and what they're doing elsewhere other cities other provinces are saying please come they want to be here and for whatever reason um, we're not rolling out the red carpet and I, I just don't get it joining me now on the phone Bill Walker president and CEO of Landmark Cinemas Bill good morning good morning Hal Thanks for doing this, and thanks for answering my uh, Thanksgiving Day email. <laughs> Jackie, my wife, and I got home um, last night about 6.30 from checking out the new Bond movie at one of your uh, theaters at uh, Grant Park, and it was fantastic. And I thought, man, I, I hope Bill can join me tomorrow to talk about um, this because, uh, uh, listen, and I'll get to the safety and the cleanliness and sanitization of the theater and all that in just a minute, but the theater was pretty full. It was it was uh, yeah. very full. And uh, I think this is what it's going to take to get people back to theaters big time in big numbers is blockbusters like this, right? There's no question. We've been waiting for movies like Bond uh, and like like Venom and some of these other ones that have been coming out just to reinvigorate audiences that, that haven't may have been compelled to kind of leave their house over the last 18 months and, and go to a theater. And, and movies like this will bring people back. And so we're excited that hopefully this can start to build the momentum we need. 
Mm-hmm. I got to tell you, I, I felt really uh, safe uh, at the theater. Uh, no issues at all for me. I We got there a bit early, and so they were still cleaning and sanitizing from the last showing. They came out with the machines, right, that spray everything. Uh, people were really good about getting in there. Um, I don't think that because you're eating popcorn and stuff, I don't think you have to keep your mask on the whole time. A lot of people were keeping their mask on through the entire uh, movie. I felt really safe. There have been no issues, right, Bill? No, we really haven't had many issues. But often the feedback that we get is when we don't, when the guests' expectations are not met in the sense that they expect social distancing. And so there's still some guests that believe physical distancing is a part of all of these venues. And and for theaters, we are back at 100% capacity in the auditorium. So the possibility that someone will be in the recliner next to you is is there, and, and there's not full space. And so there have been cases where, that customers weren't, you know, well informed or fully aware that that was a possibility, and so they've been a bit uncomfortable. Um, but honestly, once you sort of reflect the, the double vaccination check coming in the doors, the cleaning that happens in between, and then the fact that even when masks are off, frankly, every guest is just sitting there quietly, not talking um, through the movie. That that the risk of transmission is is exceedingly low in a theater. Mm-hmm. And listen, we uh, here in my home, we got an extra streaming service or two when the pandemic became, you know, <laughs> obvious that it was going to go on for a while. Uh, we upgraded our TV, as many people did. Um, but for many reasons, including the popcorn, I'll just say the popcorn at your theater is fantastic. Um, for many reasons, though, uh, I think, you know, we will always continue to go and see movies. Do you worry about how much of your business pre-pandemic will be back when we get through this? Any idea of, of how many people just might not come back? Yeah, listen, we're obviously conscious of it. We talk about it. We're not foolish to believe that we're just going to wake up one day and we're back to 100%. It's going to take time. And I think there's a few reasons, I believe, is that some of the, the experiential components of just that difference when you can be in a theater in that dark room with that big screen and enjoy a popcorn, there's just something habitual and and, and something just, just traditional about that that people really enjoy. And then ultimately the economics of these big movies only make sense when you have the economics of movie theaters. And and so our, our, our sort of long-standing value proposition has been having exclusive content that's exclusively can be seen in theaters for a period of time. And all of the big studios are circling back around. If they want to have big movies, if they want to have the biggest economic impact, then they need to have a theatrical release. Um, and then it can move on to these other platforms and on to streaming. I think, I think the streamers out there in the growth phase are spending a ton of money on content ton of money acquiring new customers but at the end of the day three four streaming services per household is the max and there's currently 10 competing for our attention and so we're not on a sustainable trend from a from a streaming perspective because there just won't be 10 independent services going to our houses and and the economics is that even the biggest ones in disney and in uh, in netflix are still leaning towards wanting more theatrical windows because it's what the content creators want, and ultimately the economics of having a theatrical exclusive is is better than just putting it right on your streaming services. Bill, thanks for your time. Uh, all the best. I know your industry was, I, I thought there were times when it could have been back in business, and it wasn't, so I, I hope you guys mm-hmm. are back and, and forever and, and for a long time now, and there will always be movies that will just be better, especially uh, in a theater. I think they all are better in a theater, but there will be some that just will have to be seen on the big screen, and so I wish you the best. We certainly agree and appreciate your interest, and Dune is the next one. you got to go check that out in theater. That's one that can only be seen 
uh, in theater coming out in a couple weeks. Dune, I saw the trailer ahead of uh, the Bond movie. You're right. Thank you, Bill. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Al. Bye. Bill Walker, president and CEO of Landmark Cinemas. Um, Jackie and I guess the first movie back for Jackie and I was um, uh, Dear uh, Evan Hansen, which was good. Uh, not a blockbuster. Uh, this was the blockbuster. Dune uh, is one, uh, as Bill mentioned, that will be uh, a big deal. And it was it was fine. It was good. I, I had no issues at all. I'm curious out there, um, uh, have you been back to a movie? How did you feel? 204-780-6868. Or maybe you're saying, you know what, I've, I've got the bigger TV and the extra streaming service or two, and, and I'm, I'm fine at home. I, I had a buddy just the other day, who went and saw the new Bond movie. He hasn't been to a theater in years. He went to Landmark at Grant, Bar- at Grant Park, and he said, man, those seats, and like he had no clue. And so he's like, man, I'm, I'm going to be heading back to the movies again soon. So, I mean, it definitely is a really good, and I'll, and I'll be honest with you, when they came out with the sanitization machines and everything, knowing they had just used them and all, all the seats in there, I, I, I felt really good about it. And um, you know, I'm a pretty cautious guy when it comes to, to COVID and, and how we behave and, and what we do. So anyhow, I, I uh, would love to hear from you on this. Uh, Ruth Hamilton. Ruth Hamilton in BC says she's never been so scared in her life, but she escaped without a scratch after a fragment from a meteor crashed through her ceiling as she lay sleeping and landed between the pillows on her bed. Imagine. Uh, the Golden BC resident called 911 last Monday night, so a week ago. Police have concluded it must have been a fragment from an October 3rd meteor shower. Hamilton plans to keep the rock and is working to get the hole in her ceiling repaired. Uh, take a listen to uh, her telling a bit of the story. The dog barked twice, and then there was a big, ex- all I can call it was an explosion. That's what it felt like, um, and debris all over my face. And so I jumped up, uh, f- turned on the light switch, and there's a hole in my ceiling, right over my bed. Uh, I never, I never received a scratch. Just uh, never been so scared in my life. Ruth Hamilton in Golden, B.C. All right, let's talk about that and other stuff that's happening in the sky with Chris Rakowski, science reader, uh, science writer. Chris, good morning. Hello, Hal. So Captain Kirk will have to wait another day to get back into space. Why is that? Well, it turns out that the uh, the winds were going to be too high at the launch site, and uh, they wanted to make sure this thing was going to have absolutely no hitches as far as they could control. So they postponed it a, a day so that uh, uh, it stands a better chance of going straight up rather than uh, kind of straight up. I think this is a big deal. Why is it a big deal? Well, it's a big deal because, uh, I mean, so far it's, it's really the, you know, uh, the, the fairly wealthy people are the ones going into space. And, and, uh, and Uncle Shatner certainly has to be included in one of those. But, you know, the fact is that... Um, there are, you know, he's not the only one going up this time. It is going, he's going to be in the company of a few other people. And uh, we are seeing more and more people going into space. I mean, just this year, you know, you've got uh, quite a few people who are going into space. And it's part of the new era. You know, we're going to be seeing more and more people uh, uh, being launched into space on various platforms, not just Blue Origin, but certainly some of the other ones. 
uh, Ransom's uh, flights are, are going to be more common as well. And, you know, we even have somebody from Winnipeg who's scheduled to be one, on one of those flights. So mm-hmm. it's, it's part of the new era. You know, we're going to be seeing more and more average people. I mean, average people who have some, some pocket change, but, uh, you know, it's going to come to the point where it's going to be more common. Yeah. And I guess I was getting at the significance of Captain Kirk, uh, going into mm-hmm. space. Uh, you know, William Shatner, the actor, of course, uh, has never been to space and he's 90, right? Yeah. In fact, that's more of my concern. The fact that he's 90. I mean, they're pulling a few G's when they're being launched into space. And, you know, 90 year old bodies are generally not designed for that. Uh, so, uh, we have to do some training and uh, they probably are going to be watching that fairly carefully. They're going to be monitoring everybody, uh, remotely. Of course, the Blue Origin does fly completely remotely. Uh, so it's, uh, it's a little bit of a concern. But yeah, you know, this is Captain Kirk, the guy who we sort of identify with heading yeah. into space. Uh, uh, and, uh, this is a strange new world for sure. And then a couple of quick ones here before I let you go. The woman in BC who was laying in bed almost hit by a meteorite. I mean, that's crazy. It is. And there is a precedent. Uh, um, uh, a woman was hit by a, uh, a meteorite that did fall. The same sort of thing fell through her roof, uh, while she was sleeping. Um, and this goes back quite a few years though. But, uh, you know, it, it is, you know, it's, it's not, um, unheard of. Uh, there have been a few near misses from, from other people as well. You know, the, you might be surprised to, to learn how much material is, is actually falling onto Earth from outer space. And if you include all the little particles of dust, uh, and, uh, you know, the little bits of, of sand and whatever that are coming into, uh, Earth's atmosphere, it's many, many tons a day. So the fact that, uh, you know, a chunk the size of a fist or a, uh, a softball coming into, uh, Earth's atmosphere and hitting the ground, you know, it's not that it's um, rare. I mean, it certainly is, but, you know, these things are happening, and uh, mm-hmm. we just don't hear about them uh, as much as you'd like to, to know, I suppose. And why, finally, why are the Northern Lights so brilliant right now? There are people on social media showing photos and videos of the Northern Lights from their deck in Winnipeg, which is really uh, rare. Well, you know, uh, there's a solar storm uh, that was announced a couple of days ago. There, this was predicted, actually. Uh, there was some concern that it was going to knock out the power grid. And uh, actually, this has some bearing on uh, uh, on Shatner going to space because uh, these types of things do affect satellites in orbit sometimes and communication. So uh, it's actually a concern. And the more satellites we get up there, the more possibility of disruption. But, uh, the you know, the, the sun spat out. Uh, a burst of, of particles heading in our directions, and just the way that uh, the Earth is tilted and uh, uh, and uh, uh, pointing uh, in the direction that it is, that uh, uh, our northern hemisphere is is perfectly situated for uh, being able to see these uh, northern lights. Chris, thanks for your time. Thanks, Hal. Science writer Chris Rutkowski. So William Shatner's ten minute trip into space has been pushed back 24 hours. It will now happen tomorrow morning because of high winds. Meantime, retired astronaut Chris Hatfield says he's thrilled, thrilled that the original Captain Kirk will get to see the final frontier for himself and join the ranks of Canadian spacemen and women. Hatfield says Star Trek inspired him as a child, and he sent Shatner a note encouraging him to boldly go i think it's pretty cool 
William Shatner, Captain Kirk, heading to space tomorrow morning. Joining us now, our regular Monday chat here on Tuesday, because it kind of feels like Monday, uh, Lisa Dutton, Global News Anchor. Lisa, hi, how are you? Hey, we're all confused by these short work weeks. You <laughs> yes. Know, they throw right. me for days. I know, me too, but we'll take them, right? An extra, uh, you know, one less day of work is is fine. How was your thing? I got to tell you, I was telling people you're a great follow on, on Instagram. Uh, <laughs> I was laughing out loud when I hear in your dark car, on Friday night outside of Costco, yes. and you've got your pumpkin pie, your Kirkland pumpkin pie, and you're thinking, they were only given one out. Maybe I should take off my jacket, put my hair in a ponytail, and go back in and get another one. Not because you needed it, but because they were limiting it to one. It, it, I, would have, I would have made pumpkin pie the new toilet paper, right? <laughs> but I, I find planning for Thanksgiving dinner a little bit awkward because you don't want to buy everything too early. You kind of want to wait so that you get everything new and fresh right before. And, yeah, Friday night, the pumpkin pies at Costco, there's usually, like, stacks of them in every corner. But I went to grab mine, and you could only get one. The baker Mm. was handing them out. Wow. The Mm -hmm. baker was in charge of the pies. Oh, my goodness. He he took charge. But, uh, yeah, one was enough. One was enough. We still got a piece left here. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, um, you know it's funny. I uh, we had a bit of a in uh, in Thanksgiving holiday dinners period are getting more complicated. I don't know about your in your house, but Jackie was preparing dishes based on we've got a vegan in the okay. family. We've got somebody who's sensitive to gluten, you know, and so by the time you're done, you know, Jack, poor Jackie made about ten dishes because you got to make sure you got a bit of something for everyone. She's a better woman than me because <laughs> I'm serving what I'm serving and you're going to eat it. <laughs> you're going to eat it and like it. If you don't want it, you got to bring your own. <laughs> hey, uh, we're giving away uh, Boo at the Zoo tickets here in a bit. You were at Boo at the Zoo, right? You know what? I haven't. Uh, end of the oh. month. I think it's, uh, yeah, towards the end of October we're going to take it in. Okay. Yeah, we're giving away a four-pack of tickets. I thought you had been there. I thought I saw that on your on your Instagram feed, but, but maybe not. We um, did heebie-jeebies. Ah, yeah. that's what it was. Yes. Yeah, okay. this weekend with yeah. CBGB's Boo at the Zoo a little later, yeah. But they loved mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Did they? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely. I was worried it was going to be too scary uh, for the little one, but no, he was he was all mm. in. Mm-hmm. And now Halloween. And Dr. Fauci says go for it. He says you're going to be outside as long as you're vaccinated, yeah. you know, and wearing a mask if you're close to other people uh, to go for it. Big plans uh, in your house or not? Well, you know, it it has me thinking back to last year because last year it was, you know, these uh, this this pandemic. It's kind of have had the ebbs and flows and highs and lows. And I remember last last year at at Halloween, it was kind of entering a low point again. I think so. It's on a Sunday this year, right? Mm. And I think that when it's on the weekend, it it kind of gives people in general the opportunity to kind of spread out the day a little bit too. You know, it's not like the streets are all going to be crammed at five o'clock. Maybe you'll get mm-hmm. some afternooners and and yeah. But I'm looking forward to taking the kids door to door again. We'll be handing yeah. out candy. Sure. Yeah. Well, and now you got and listen, fall is definitely here. You know, I mean, there was snow uh, in some parts of uh, southern Manitoba this morning, or the chance of snow. Right, the temperatures are getting lower. We're actually seeing temperatures around normal uh, for this time of the year, and so now you've got to go and dig out the scarves and the mitts and all that stuff too. You you 
do. You got to take stock of all that stuff. And and I find, you know, lesson learned from past years. You got to jump on. You see the mitts and the ski pants in stores, and you're like, no, it's too early. But you got to get it now. And the the supply shortages, Al, are sort of oh, sketching me out. We've talked crazy. about that before on a, on our global newscast. But yeah, it it I feel like it's kind of hitting the most unexpected places. And I. I just think, yeah, we got to get prepared for winter and have all those things on tap. Mm-hmm. What about travel? Uh, are the Duttons planning any travel? I know a lot of people that are planning travel are, are getting nervous. You know, they've got a shot of AstraZeneca. Where will they be able to go? Is it going to be okay? Or Are you planning any travel? I think for us at this point, the only travel we'd be doing would be, you know, interprovincial at the mm-hmm. most. It's just I, I feel like... You can only plan so far ahead right now. And yeah. so uh, a couple things on the radar just with, with family in Saskatchewan and Alberta. But at this point, crossing the border is, I think it's a no for me personally. I just don't me want too. to deal with the stress. You know, if, if you were to put all that money out for a trip and then, God forbid, somebody gets sick while you're there, you're, you're, yeah. you're on the hook for another two weeks minimum at wherever you are. So I know that a lot of people like to do a trip every winter, you know, if they're lucky enough to be able to do that. But I don't think this is going to be the year for us, hopefully next. But, you know, maybe get away somewhere with, within mm-hmm. uh, our beautiful country. Yeah, and I think of people have really, uh, you know, started checking out things in the province, right? Even just in totally. the city and, and in the province. And, and it's been great. And I think that's something that might stick after the pandemic. People may just say, you know what, I, I don't need to go all that way when we have so much uh, right here that we can enjoy. All right, Lisa, I'll let you go. I know you've got a busy day We're, uh, preparing for the news tonight at six. Thanks for doing this. I really appreciate it. You bet. Thanks, Hal. Have a great day. You too. Global News Anchor Lisa Dutton, as I said, uh, give her a follow on Instagram. Mm-hmm.